Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Welcome, wild aces and queen bees. This is Billy Persida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey, 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 everybody. How you doing? Welcome to the show. Uh, I am your host, comedian Billy Presida, and uh, welcome to my podcast about sex, dating, sexuality, and love. I hope everyone's been having a fantastic week, uh, and, and things have been going quite swell for you. Uh, I've, I've been doing okay. I could complain just the right amount, but why? Hey, why bother? Why bother complaining when I got such positive things that I've been going through? I'm uh, we're focusing on the positives, people. Despite. Despite this week's episode and my attitudes toward it, towards it, uh, I am trying to focus on being more positive. You know, uh, like I had a great time at the float. Oh man, the final what the float of the season was uh, Saturday, and you missed it, and you missed out. Ah, I got to dance through the streets of New York City in the freezing cold. <laughs> But had a blast doing it, you know. I mean, like, like my nips were hard, but my dance moves were harder. You know, it was great. Had so much fun. We danced through a Target. We went. We da- the, the route da- brought us dancing through a Target store. And have you ever danced in a Target? I highly recommend it. It is a uh, <laughs> quite good. The employees seem to be down with it. It's like the one thing that brightens up their sad, sad day in the miserable, godforsaken retail job they have. Fuck, they'll even dance with you, you know? Ah, so much fun. I expect you all to go to What the Float next year if you're in New York City. Uh, for information on that, you can go to whattheflow.at. Yes, that's whattheflow.at uh, if you have no idea what I'm talking about. Oh, this week's episode is a doozy, folks. Um, I got to acknowledge that I am pretty nasally in that episode because uh, we recorded this about a month or so ago. And I was still in the throes of being really sick. So when you're going like, huh, Billy's voice sounds gunky, that's what it is. I know it's gross, but you know what? We're going to make it through uh, together. <laughs> so if you listen to this podcast and follow me on Twitter, you'll know that uh, I am easily annoyed by frivolous labels. Already a lot of you don't like where I'm going with this. Uh, that's fine because you probably aren't buying my t-shirts anyway. The, uh, the, the late, great George Carlin had a brilliant bit about the pussification of language, um, like the softening and redundancy of language. These, these phrases that didn't really make sense, like, like pre-boarding. You know, what, get on the plane before you get on the plane? Or, uh, you know, how Shellshock added more syllables uh, over, the, over the decades to become post-traumatic stress disorder, to soften it as a, as a label. Coincidentally, I think Americans have been getting weaker and weaker and too reliant on, like, feelings. Feelings! Ever since they, like, gave out the first participation trophy and stopped keeping score during peewee football games. And I'm guilty of that. I was raised in that generation. I'm weaker than I should be, too. I'm not saying feelings don't matter. I'm just saying like actions and tangible things matter more. Now, this week's episode has a lot of talk about labels and language. Asexual, demisexual, 
Graysexual, panromantic, aromantic, agender, queer, bi, straight. The internet has created a lot of buzzwords. Uh, some of them come from the evolution of our understandings of gender, sexuality, and desire. And some come just because the digital media relies on you clicking on interesting words. And, and some come just because emo kids on Tumblr didn't feel special enough. So allow me to make up another term that feministing.com can borrow from me, if you want. Uh, you, may, you may borrow it. Cisplaining. Which I'm sure, this makes me gross to say it, but I'm sure this has already been used as a term. I'm probably not inventing it. And it angers me that I'm not inventing it. <laughs> that this is already something people say. But get ready, because you're about to hear a ton of it. Demisexual is, uh, is one of these faux labels that just aren't necessary, and we talk about it a lot today. Uh, a demisexual, if you're not familiar and don't read Salon.com or Exojane, is someone who isn't sexually attracted to someone without first having an emotional connection. And that's totally a real thing that people feel. That's also a preference. Just as sapiosexual is a preference, not a sexual orientation. Because there's no blonde sexual, right? There's no big-titted sexual, huh? You can decide to call yourself that, but it's still just a preference of who you like to bang or not bang. Now, now demis identify under the asexual umbrella, even though they do experience sexual attraction. So why is that? Well, because apparently the rest of us are just so slutty. It seems like some of the asexual labels are actually just in reaction to society's expectations of them. Um, demisexuals, according to my guest, who runs an asexual meetup group called Aces NYC, feel like they don't fit in with how everyone else is fucking. But several decades ago, fucking people you were only in love with was the socially acceptable norm. So does that mean that tens of millions of people before the 1960s were all demisexual? No, that was a preference and still is a preference of many people on this world and in this country. Go talk to a young girl brought up in a strict Christian neighborhood in Missouri. Is she demisexual? She's probably been conditioned to feel sexual attraction only with true love, but she doesn't call herself that. And why? She doesn't need the fancy term to feel part of the community because promiscuity isn't the norm where she lives. Someone born homosexual in that same neighborhood, though, is still homosexual. That doesn't change, regardless of what the societal standards are around him or her. So it seems like if hookup culture were less prevalent, a term like demisexual wouldn't even be necessary because that would be the norm. But hookup culture, it isn't the norm everywhere. And I'm sure you can find other words that you can put in your Twitter bio. Huffington Post put out a clickbaity article recently that I'm not going to link to in the show notes um, because I don't want to encourage you to click it more because clicking it creates more silly articles because like, oh, people click it. We should make more of them. It's like when you see a really shitty Adam Sandler movie, it's like, well, like people paid to see it. We should make more. And this article would provide a bunch of like fake sexual orientation labels. Um, before you get mad at me uh, for calling them fake, one of the labels given was zucchini. Yeah, like the healthy vegetable I'm never going to eat. For a, for a second, I thought they were just fucking with me. You, you know what a zucchini is? It's, quote, a partner who is involved in a queer platonic relationship. 
It's a best friend. That's all it is. It's a best friend. A best friend that you don't fuck. That's what it is. I'm convinced someone is trolling Tumblr at this point. It's like the Emperor's New Clothes, but for annoying adjectives. Uh, Another term that comes up there and in this week's episode is gray sexual. Gray sexual is um is allegedly between is someone in between asexual and sexual. On on an etymological level, you can't be between sexual and asexual. Asexual is the absence of sexuality or sexual attraction. That's what that is. If you're ever sexual, then you're sexual. I don't care how you feel. That's how words work. A gray sexual is just someone who very very rarely feels sexual attraction. That's still sexual. It's just very rarely. That's how words work, people. It's a clear definition. Asexuality is the absence of. If you have it, you are not the absence of it. This week's guest, Bauer, told me that these labels uh, help them feel a sense of community. That they don't fit in with society's standards. But that's assuming that society expects them to be promiscuous. And if you pay attention to the slut-shaming and double standards held against women in this country, sluttiness is hardly the acceptable standard. So what it sounds like to me is that a gray sexual feels like he or she doesn't fit in. Well, guess what? A lot of us don't feel like we fit in. Now, some of you might be going, hey, Mr. Cis straight white male, you get to feel all the community you want. Don't take this from us. Not really, folks. I didn't fit in or have any friends until I was about 17. You know what? I just had to be tougher. I failed at it because I'm still pretty weak, but I mean, that's what I had to try to do. Creating fake words doesn't make you stronger. It coddles you to not confront the real world and those who think you're weird. I'm, I'm open with my sexuality, and a lot of people think that's really weird. I can shame them on Twitter for not accepting me, or I can hold my head high and giggle at the silly hate words and keep going about my life. I'll give you a hint. Twitter's not the answer to your problems. Some of you, uh, especially any aces listening or social justice warriors, are probably thinking, hey, cis straight white guy, why do you give a shit? I mean, that's the thing. I shouldn't. I really shouldn't care. Um, But when I tried to self-identify as cool in high school, everyone seemed to have a big problem with it. But if some labels should be respected and others not, who decides that? Why can't I be cool just because I said so? You hear at one point Bauer references a person who goes through, like uh, a hypothetical person going through a nasty breakup and decides she's swearing off relationships and maybe wants to call herself asexual. And then then Bauer goes, eh, not really. But it's like, who are you to decide at that point, right? I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Like, if I have to respect demisexual, shouldn't everyone respect any label anyone decides they want to use? No. Because words have fucking meanings, and Carlin would roll over in his grave if he heard the way we have truly bastardized the English language. I don't have an arbitrary line drawn. It's real simple. Preferences, you can have your labels, but don't talk to me like you are oppressed and painfully discriminated against for not being sexually promiscuous. No one ever got denied a job or housing because they were demisexual. Settle down. Do you get teased and picked on? 
great. Join the club. Guess what? I get teased and picked on for being open about my sexuality. Every time I show up at the comedy club, the comics like to poke fun and be like, huh, there's Billy with his orgy stuff. A lot of us don't fit in, okay? Be strong. So I don't know. Is that enough cisplaining for you? Any aces still listening? Uh, I hope so because we have a great episode. It's an, I have an amazing guest. This was an awesome conversation. I don't know how awesome she thought it was, but like I thought this was great. It was fascinating. It was wonderful. It was enlightening. Uh, Bauer runs an asexual meetup group, like I said, here in New York City. It's called Aces NYC. And uh, I'm really happy. She came by Brooklyn. We sat down. We had a really good chat. I didn't know anything about the ace umbrella. I didn't know much about demis. I didn't know about all the things uh, that weren't asexuality. I thought we were just going to talk about, you know, what it's like not feeling sexual attraction. I learned so much more. I feel like I learned some things and she even changed my mind in some regards. I know I just went on a big, long rant. So it's like that's a combination of my current and past feelings. And I hope you will stay tuned after the episode for my afterthoughts. And I'll tell you my current and I guess post Bauer feelings thoughts on uh on labels but uh, i'm really happy she came through she almost canceled uh she didn't tell me i can't say this so uh, i think but i think it's interesting i think it's good for any social justice warriors listening still probably not though um to know this because she almost canceled at one point we're emailing she's great great let's do this um she mentioned the things she wanted to talk about she mentioned demisexuality i made a light a very light jab at the like, oh, those labels. Okay, can't wait to talk about it. She then was like, hey, listen, if you don't respect demisexuality as like a valid thing, we probably shouldn't even do this um, podcast because, you know, things that and feelings. And I told her, I was like, look, I'm going to be respectful about our conversation, but what are you only going to talk to people who agree with you? That's not how you change anyone's mind. It's not how you affect any sort of change. Well, you're just going to do media appearances with people who already are on Team Demi? Like, no, that doesn't really educate too many people. That doesn't expose that world to anyone who's not familiar with it, like me, probably like some of my listeners. I told her, like, I'm not going to sit down here and say, like, you guys are dumb. (laughs) I'm not a gorilla. And I thought we had a great conversation, and I'm glad she came through. And I appreciate uh, her time and patience with me. So, uh, you know, sit back, relax, enjoy a post-rant episode with a, with a fantastic uh, woman, Bauer. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. For some people, they go kind of like this. They get a little lollipoppy with it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So to keep it in here. But, uh, but thanks. Thank you for coming out, Bauer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. Yeah. So you, uh, you run like asexuality... 
meetups, right? Yes. Yeah. I run ACES NYC, which is a group in the greater New York and what, area. What does ACES... I know ACES is what you guys call yourself, right? Yeah. So I say ACES because it includes the umbrella of asexuality, gray, demisexuality. Um, and What's the... Is it an acronym or no? No. No. no so okay. ACE is short for asexual. Sure. But okay. also more inclusive. Um, and, and gives you guys a great logo to work with. Gives us a great logo to work <laughs> with. Um, really ties into playing cards often. And then we also we also include aromantic people. Okay. In our group. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we're the yeah we're we were the only group in New York City until last spring. I worked with the NYU LGBTQ Center to start mm-hmm. a group of students, and now they are off and running on their own. Um, which is really great and very exciting. So now they have their own Aces and Arrow group there. Arrow is Arrow is aromantic. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Again, good for uh, good for the logo. Rap. Yeah, definitely. Okay, it gives you guys some imagery. Yep. Okay, rocking. And did you say that your partner runs the thing? Yeah, at NYU? and my partner happens to run the group at NYU. Is that so. where you met? Is that where you met them? <laughs> yeah, I was. So our partnership um, was at a panel last October during their Pride Month. Okay. Um, and so that was where I met actually both of them. Well, uh-huh. my oh, partner and a third? something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> partner and a crush. Yeah, that. Okay. Um, but yeah, at the panel, uh, with, which was, which was really great. They did a really, really great job. Okay. And what was the panel on? Just asexuality and gender? Uh, yeah. In general? Or? Yeah, it was on asexuality and gender. There were, I'm sorry, and gender. <laughs> right in slip. Um, there were, I think, three clips of um, media, so videos, mm. and then there was a panel with four of us, and I think we, I, if I remember correctly, we answered moderated questions, and then there was a and a and then we sort of hung out afterwards. All right. Cool. Yeah. So, so what is an, uh, so let's just start with asexuality. What is asexuality? So asexuality is, so it is generally referred to as people who are not sexually attracted to others. Um, when the term was being defined at the beginning, uh, in a hot second place was people who were not interested in having sex. Mm. So that is fine too if somebody wants to identify as asexual um, okay. because they're not interested in sex. But when people ask this question, that's usually people who are not sexually attracted to others. Okay. And then you say that uh, it involves like an umbrella so that there's – you guys have a whole cluster yeah. of other yeah. modifiers uh, and terms and definitely. labels and things. But. Honestly, I have found more diversity within the asexual community than I have in whether somebody is asexual or not. Like everybody is completely different and you really just have to ask them. Really? But, okay. Yeah. But two very large groups um, are gray, gray sexual or gray asexual, okay. which is somebody who is – in the gray area between being asexual or being sexual. Um, and that came about because there were a bunch of people in the asexual community when it was starting, and they were saying, you know, I don't really feel like I fit in greater society's expectations of who I'm supposed to be. Mm. And so this is a really great community for me, but I'm not really sure I'm completely asexual. I'm not sure, sure. I've never experienced sexual attraction. There's like... Or like I, I feel it every once in a blue moon. Right. It's yeah. once in a blue moon. It's like just a tiny bit. And it's like not helpful for me to call myself sexual. Mm. Um, and then the other group that is really big is demisexual, uh-huh. 
which um, I know is your favorite. Oh, but we'll, we'll is, get to that later. Yeah. Is um, people who need an emotional connection before they feel any sort of sexual attraction. Right. And this was from, this sort of had the same, they came about at the same time, mm-hmm. gray sexual and demi. And they were these people who had already felt like they didn't fit into greater society. Sure. And they found the asexual community, got there, and were like, this kind of fits. But, but not really. But yeah. mm, th- but there's something else going on. And so mm. that's why they're included under there. Then there's also like a, a ton of very specific other labels, which are great and valid and mm. wonderful. But if you don't know what asexuality is, like right, right. we're not going to go there. It's like start one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> definitely. Now, now what great sexual though is, so then it's, it's just a very, very, very small amount of like sexual de- do you guys consider the word desire to be the same as attraction or are no. we talking different things here? no so those right. are different things it's like so, before we get into all this let's, oh, like yeah. get, no, let's get our terms down there are so yeah. many terms so okay. attraction desire and libido are three different ah, things okay okay so attraction being sort of it is so hard attraction is i don't know what it is which is why i am asexual um but at least for me romantically i am drawn to certain people okay um but desire is more like do i want to do this at all so like i don't experience sexual desire nor do i experience sexual attraction sure so desire would be do i want it to happen attraction is who do i want it to happen with okay Okay. and libido is like you know this that one gets me that one really gets me but um it's sort of like also a drive like sure. you could have a libido a blind drive yeah you could have a libido and the libido satisfy yourself the libido is not really directed towards anyone it's just no. like this is a thing yeah which you know for some of us guys in the morning is just like this is just a thing that needs to happen it's exactly somewhere yeah so like do you have a thing that <laughs> yeah. happens do you have a de- desire to do something with somebody else and then who do you want to do this thing with okay and so they're all they're all different and and you could, if somebody feels that saying that they're asexual is helpful to describe themselves to other people and you have, like, and you don't experience one of those things, then welcome to the club. Here's We're, your badge. Here's, you know, yeah. Here's your, here's your pass bar. to come hang out and, and figure yourself out. We're, we're happy to have you um, and, and really let you sort of figure out how you fit in wherever is most comfortable we'll help for you. you. Yeah, we'll help you try to figure this out too. But this is yeah. a safe, you're saying it's a safe space. Come on in. Exactly. And, and let's yeah, I mean because most like the the general reaction to us is like, oh, that's not a real thing. You don't exist. Right. So I mean, or if it's like it is a real weird a real thing and it's super weird. Like exactly. So like, why why would I want to close somebody else off to our sure. club? Like it doesn't it doesn't if people are going around saying like, oh, I just broke up with. My boyfriend of 10 years and I like I'm swearing off men and therefore I'm asexual. Like, no, that's that's not really what it is. Right. Um, but if somebody is trying to figure themselves out, um, one of the things that actually so David Jay, one of the founders of the Asexual Visibility and Education Networks, likes to say mm-hmm. is the label is just a tool. If it works for mm-hmm. you, pick it up, use it. If it doesn't work or you find a better tool later, then put it down and pick up a different label. Mm-hmm. I like that. Label is just a tool. Makes me a little less angry at the word label or at labels. Yeah. I mean, label, <laughs> like, labels are hard a when little less. people assign others right. a label. 
that's really hard. But sure. when you're sort of trying to figure out, like, where do I fit? How do I find? What do I Google search? Like, you need you need words to Google search. Sure. And I so, just wonder what people did before there were Google searches. Right. Yeah. I mean, they just had to probably like use their words the, to explain to somebody what they how they felt. Probably, or look it up in the dictionary. That's probably not been updated in years. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Put a combination of words together. So. I find that interesting. Um, the whole, you know, needing a, I, and I understand needing, wanting to use the label to get into a community to feel part of when mm-hmm. you don't feel a part. I grew up never feeling a part of fucking anybody. Yeah. So like, I understand the the desire to be as part of a community, part of a group. Mm-hmm. Um, but but my, you know, so you described gray you know, gray sexual, and I um I I think I missed that one, and. So wouldn't that just be then in the realm of if, I mean, people, okay, so people in like any LGBT, anything world hate the word binary, hate anything oh, binary. Yeah. However, just with like sexuality, it's like, that seems to just be a degree. And when asexuality is the absence of, uh-huh. and then let's just say hypersexuality, because I yeah. don't know the exact term, but I'm just going to put that prefix in there. Then wouldn't just gray sexual just be a sexual thing? Like, why need the word gray sexual? Why not just be like, I just don't get horny. I rarely get horny, but um. So that that's a fair question. I have a I have a friend who refers to asexuality as a, instead of a categorization, it's sort of like a reference point. Okay, and you're saying I am closer to asexual than something else. Um, for example, I might fit under gray sexual, but in the broader community i just say i'm asexual people okay. don't know what that is people are already having a hard enough time with that right but then within once i'm inside of the asexual community uh-huh. if i want to have certain discussions about like whether or not i like kissing my partner there are going to be certain people who might be interested in like having that discussion and other right. people who are like i don't want to hear about this this is gross yeah Forget Ugh, it. lips touching Ugh, gross. Ugh. saliva Ugh. who yeah. wants that oh, my goodness like germs <laughs> um but now do you need do you need to have a label for whether or not you like kissing your partner see my issue with labels i think they're starting to get if they get too specific it starts splintering off and then we have really hyper specific groups almost clashing with each other mm-hmm. to the point you've got like heterosexual aromantic engineers afro asian who like who are kinky and who are not kinky because it's only four left and two of them like butt stuff and two of them don't and now they're fighting it's like i was like doesn't it get too specific at a certain point so i think that one of the reasons that gray sexual might be a word that was really helpful for people is because the definition that is promoted everywhere is Uh. asexuality is when you never experience sexual attraction. I think the word never is like hefty. Sure. That's like weighty. And if somebody's like, wait, but you know, I don't know if it's never. So then why not go with no label? Like, I mean, what, so what do you guys call people like me? What do you call the us weirdos who like to fuck each other? Wait, (laughs) so do do you guys view us kind of like, I don't understand how they could ever want that. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, sometimes we sit around and we're like, wait, People actually want to do that? It's like, oh, it looks like so much Wait, work. It looks what? sweaty. It's, I mean, it's <laughs> sticky. It's sweaty. You get hot. You need to take a shower afterwards. Ugh. It's like a lot of energy. Ruins friendships. It's just. <laughs> I, I don't understand why everybody gets so upset. Um, I mean, so. But is there a term for like people who are sexual? Yeah. So just, people will, some people will say like sexual people or, or refer to them as however they self-identify. Sure, 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 sure. Um, there's also a word that somebody, uh, 
Ella, whose name I cannot, last name I can't pronounce, um, coined the term allosexual because I don't know the prefix of allo, but I do know what it means is not asexual. Okay. And so within, that's a word that's pretty much just within the asexual community. There are some people who say it to like non sure, sure. to to allosexual people um, you fucking allosexual yeah, i don't know what you just called me dude yeah, Sorry. exactly so i mean in 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 general i will say someone who is sexual or somebody who right. experiences sexual attraction i think at that point that prefix starts to get kind of odd because it goes from like asexual being not sexual then becomes starts double then triple you, negatives double <laughs> negatives yeah so i mean so so why not with gray sexual just not use the term asexual and also and just you know, that's it. Like very simply, some people. I mean, they don't have to justify. Do. They don't have to justify not feeling um, a high libido or often attraction or whatever, or whichever the one of those three terms is the right one. I just think plug that. It in. Yeah, I think that people just think it's more accurate to okay. describe themselves. And so, if there are people, who well, are I'm not using saying it's not words. accurate. If we create a word uh-huh. that's super specific, yeah, sure, it'll be accurate. But is it? necessary like at what point does it stop being necessary to have more labels so about a third of people who identify as asexual okay identify or yeah if you don't give them the choice Uh or or if they filled out the asexual census in 2014 yeah a third of them said that they identified as gray sexual okay and another third which can be overlapping um, identified as demi. All right. And so... Demisexual being... Demisexual. Being people who ex- um, need an emotional connection before right. they experience sexual attraction. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> it's a that's a large group. Yeah. And so once that they... group gets that big, then having, having a term to be able to find each other within the asexual community becomes helpful. So do you think it's then only really necessary within the asexual community? Like, here's how I became... Comfortable with the word cisgender, right? Um, or or even pansexual. Let's go with pansexual. I used mm-hmm. to think pansexual was a word for like <clears throat> like kids on Tumblr who were bi and were just annoyed that they didn't have a cooler term, so they came up with pansexual because whatever. Um, and then I when I got into like I started going to sex parties and hanging out with way with a lot more queer people mm-hmm. and people on all spectrums. Um, yeah. So many, so many spectrums. And, and that's when I realized its use. Would I use pansexual in a normal everyday-to-day conversation? No. However, if I go to a queer, very like, queer-friendly party, mm-hmm. pansexual will allow them to know that they also like – they're bisexual, but they also will play with someone who's trans mm-hmm. versus someone who's not. Um, I was like – so there was a specific time and place for that term. Does so that make sense? Like it, I, I wouldn't. It makes sense. I wouldn't use it at work, but I would use it at a play party. Uh huh. Not for myself, but like I would understand its use there. If there's like a lot of queer people, it makes more sense than bisexual because there are bisexual people who do not like to, who are not attracted to transgender people. Uh-huh. So then it becomes a more um, all encompassing term. So there it makes sense, but like at my office, it doesn't really. So it's funny because I identify as pan romantic and I specifically use pan instead of bi, not because I'm right, right, because people don't know what it is and it requires a conversation while bisexual people assume they know what that means or bi romantic. They assume that they know what that means. So I will say pan because that makes them ask me what it means. And what it means to me is I'm attracted to people who are more masculine than I am, Mm. which includes 
some women, doesn't include all men, mm-hmm. can include trans, non-binary, yeah. agender people. Um, and so I chose that word because of how it's used in society. Sure. Um, that being said, I know some bisexual people who will be like, I, I say that I'm bisexual and that does not mean that I'm not attracted to trans people. Right. Like, I know some bisexual people who are very concerned that it's see- that there is an idea that it's exclusion exclusionary of of non-binary genders but um i mean the problem is like we're a lot of us aren't on the same like we're not all using the same term like the same definitions yeah and if maybe if we just had one giant queer meeting of just like here are the terms people (laughs) we've decided we've had representatives from fucking every adjective and uh we have decided these are the terms here's what they mean so we can get on the I, same page. I, just, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Will never happen. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, what I'm saying is like, it, it it makes it very difficult to understand some of them because again, like some people, you know, you say you have bisexual friends who think that being bi is inherently exclusionary, so they feel like, oh, should I have to say pan? And it's like, oh no, 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 no. Yeah. I have I have people who think who are offended when bi is used exclusion right. in an exclusion right. of trans. But people. then do you ever explain to them like, there's a reason why bisexual and binary look very similar? <laughs> Yes, but yeah. I think that, that that's like a really um, big touchy subject right. in the bisexual of course, community. Of course, because um, my thing is, I'm a fan. Listen, I'm a, I'm a Carlin nut. Like, I'm just a fan of words. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with words as long as like we're all. I don't like words to be too silly because, like I said, so we got demisexual, uh-huh. the sapiosexual. Why is lumbersexual not to be taken seriously? You know what I mean? Like, that's where does it end? That's my and listen. I'm coming from the place where like I ha- I have like all the the. I don't, I don't want to say best. I'm going to say easiest. I'm going to say I have all the easiest adjectives you could have. Yeah. Um, other than like depressed, addict, all those things. I have like all the pretty good adjectives. Like the it, ones it, that people with, understand with, without with, too with, much with, explanation. With society, like it, like flip a coin in the air. Like I have the best chance of getting a job just because of these things. I understand yeah. my uh-huh. privilege, right? But I still think like there's, you, there's going to be a place where the labels just get too silly. So like, I think I, that uh, if you start any sentence with "I understand my privilege" and you end it with "but," you probably shouldn't finish the sentence. Really? Yeah, that's like saying I'm not racist, but. No, I th- I still I'm, I don't think that goes hashtag not all sentences. You know, tell me where where do we draw the line with making these labels when they're you know? not useful to the people who use them? It's not. It doesn't. Does it really right. matter to you? If somebody else is using a word that's helpful for them, does no. it affect your life? No. So then why does it matter? I had a good answer for this. Oh, did you? I did. I, had, oh, I think uh-oh. I had it written down. I practiced it this morning because <laughs> I knew this question was coming. I mean, because the other thing is, so one of the one of the things you said in your other podcast is like, you know, something seemed like a label that was just made for like... The depressed kids on Tumblr. The yeah, depressed yeah, yeah, yeah. kids on Tumblr. But the thing, I think, I think it was, I think it was, because that was, yeah, probably that was the other big one. And that probably. was again, that was another one where it was like everyday. Com- if I'm at the comedy club, uh-huh. uh huh, and I'm just talking to the comics, I'm not going to use cisgender. It's 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 not. They're not. It's not. They mean well, nothing to them. It's, it's not, not going to be helpful. But if I go to a queer party where like a lot of people are on various parts of a spectrum, there I will use cisgender because it's a shorthand to say, hey, I'm a guy, and I know I'm a guy. I'm happy being a guy. I'm supposed to be a guy. All those things. Um, whereas in there are people there who aren't. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend who um, presents 
female, although now he's now, now, feminine. Right, right, right. But now he's getting pretty jacked, like could beat me up. Um, <laughs> but it's not doing the transition for like acting and singing purposes, right? Um, the biological transition. So, so you you would talk to Lauren and be like, oh, you're a woman, right? He's like, uh, he's like, no, no, I'm totally, totally a guy. Just I look like this. So with them, I, I understand the, the place for using a term like cisgender. Uh-huh. But, you know, in everyday conversation, I wouldn't. Um, because, it, you know, wouldn't, like you said, wouldn't mean anything to them. Yeah. So, okay. I have two separate responses. I sure, have sure, one, sure, sure. one going back to the 16-year-old Tumblr kids. Okay. Which is that the people that I know who have really invested their time and their energy mm. into building communities, working with the queer community or, or just, you know, like sort of social justice communities at all. Yeah, yeah. The reasons, one of the, the top reason almost always, not always, always is a bad word, but like, is that they didn't have it when they were a kid and they were trying to figure themselves out. Right. And so if we're creating, if somebody is creating a word for a depressed kid on Tumblr, mm. I think that that's one of the best reasons to create a word is because that is the time that I wished that I had the least ability to shape my own life. Sure. I was looking for other people like me and I wasn't finding anybody like Mm me. And if I knew these different words that gave me a place to fit in, in society, then that would have been so much more helpful to me as a kid. And so, but now why not just use your words? Like I'm, I'm, I come from a place where like never fit in. I, but there was never going to be a term to make me fit in. I was just a kid who was bullied and had no friends from the ages of five to seventeen. There was never going to be a term to figure that out. We, I mean, we could come up with one. We could, but I don't think that's going to help. I would rather just use my words. And I know it's it's different because we're talking about more who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. But you know. Uh, I, I like to think that what I went through was very much a part of who I am uh, at a, to a certain extent, uh-huh. uh, you know, after a certain period of time. So I say, why not just use your words? Why not just say, like, I'm attracted, I like to fuck people I'm, you know, emotionally invested in. Like, that's a very normal thing. There's a lot of people who would, if you gave them this word, they would be like, I mean, yeah, that's me, but I don't think I need that word. I just, I tell a guy on a date, like, I prefer to have sex once I'm emotionally connected to you. Same thing with sapiosexual. It's like, how many times has like a person, like gone, a guy's gone up to a girl at the bar and she's thawing her head. It's like, oh, I will, I, I really want to fuck this guy. I hope he doesn't say anything stupid. You know, it's like, okay, tech, would you call her sapiosexual? I mean, like you could, but I don't think it's necessary. I mean, I wouldn't because sapiosexual is like really ableist. And so I feel bad even like using the word at all. But uh, oh, so we're not, we're not for sapiosexual. Sapiosexual has a connotation that I don't care about connotations because connotations are things you can't control because words okay, have meanings. There, there is a I, 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 I prefer denotations over connotations. Connotations, I don't care how something I said sounds. Mm-hmm. If it's if the words are correct, I can't control how someone else interprets them. You know what I mean? So I think the definition of sapiosexual is ableist. Okay. But Ex- that exp- might be exp- like a whole bound. nother another vein that is not have anything okay. to do with asexuality okay okay that's fair, that's fair um so we can talk about it sure, 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 sure. but it might it might be it a might, whole it might, other podcast that's a whole nother yeah um but but you so there are there are labels you think are not necessary it sounds like there are if if somebody else wants to use the word sapiosexual right. for themselves 
that gives me a lot of information. Okay. And it also gives sure. me information where if they don't understand that that's an ableist word, then we're probably not going to hang out every Friday night. Okay. Um. So that's very useful Are the ace meetups me. every Friday night? Is that... Uh, no, but there one one of them is once a month on Friday. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess I have lost the original question. Uh, me too, I know me that, too a little bit. I know that it goes um, back to it goes why back do you to need a labels. word... Why do you need a word for everything? Right. And you and, were talking about being included. Like when you were growing up, you wish you would mm-hmm. have had a word. And I was arguing, why not just say use all... Th- I looked I looked it up once. There's over a million words in the dictionary. Yeah. I was like, surely you could just explain with words plural sure, rather than could. come up with a buzzword that's easy to click on on ExoJane, you know? But the fact that it's easy to click on means that it's much easier to find other people who also identify that way. And so then you have that whole point is to be able to find other people, to build community, to have people to talk to, to have an identity that you can discuss or or read about or learn about. And so that like, yeah, the fact that it's easier to click on is a good mm. thing. Um, and, and it's really interesting because I think the demisexual identity is growing really fast mm. in the asexual community. But also because, it, you know, the word is getting out there. There's been a yeah. lot of like viral articles written True. on it. And so people are like, well, so, what is that? You know, but it's growing more so than asexual and like the rate at which it is growing is mm. much faster than gray sexual or asexual. And I think one of the reasons why is because there are a bunch of people who have, particularly in queer spaces, who mm. have heard of asexuality, but they're like, no, 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 that's not me. Yeah. Like, I know that that's a thing, but I don't fit there. And then they hear demisexual and they listen to that and they're like, wait, not only does this make sense to me, but it also explains a lot of the issues that I've had in my relationships. Mm. And so... There was very obviously something going on, mm. and if I had this word to sort of talk about it, then it would have been easier for me to navigate dating or sexual situations. Okay. So I think that's where it's valuable. All right. When uh, when did you growing up like start to feel like the you need you you didn't fit in in the sexuality realm when you were like ah, I'm not really feeling this thing all the girls are talking about. Yeah. So. Also, Actually, do you do you identify as female? Can I yes, say? Okay. I, I identify That's as she. a cisgender okay. female. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I use she, her pronouns. For, forgot to ask. I, <laughs> you know what? I used to, for the first like 20 episodes, I uh-huh. asked. And then and it just it, No, it just, it's never became relevant. So that I ended up forgetting to ask because mm. no one ever, did, no, no one ever present, like what, uh, identified differently than they presented. So I just, I forgot to ask. And uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> I actually had a friend suggest to me when I was a junior in high school okay. that maybe I was asexual. I was like, hey, you know what? I'm just like happy. I have friends. Mm-hmm. I am figuring myself out. And like, I will worry about the sex sexual, stuff. I'll yeah. worry about the sex stuff later. Um, and then somebody was like, well, maybe you're asexual. And I was like, excuse me. Like, I'm not a plant. Go away. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Like, forget <laughs> it. Right? And then a few months later, a different friend was explaining to me why she didn't like her ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. but was probably still going to sleep with her because okay. she found her really attractive. And I was like, wait, 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 hold up. Like, slow down. Let's go back for a second. How could you want somebody to touch you that you don't like uh-huh. as your friend? Like, that is just baffling to me. I don't understand how that works. Because, right. like, you have, like, <laughs> neutral, and then you have people you like, and then you have people you really like, and then you have And then people, you have like-like. And then, <laughs> right, and then all the way at the end, you have people that you're sexually attracted to. Sure. And then 
I don't understand how this works. And she's like, and after about an hour, she explained to me, no, 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 these are two different things. Yeah. So being sexually attracted to somebody is one thing and like liking them as a friend is something totally different. Right. And that blew my mind. Um, and then I went and I looked up asexuality because I knew what the word, I knew the word existed. Yeah. And then I read the description. It was like, I've never experienced sexual attraction. I was like, no, 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 but I, I have crushes on people. I like people. So that's not me. Right. And I read the frequently asked questions page. And I went through every single question. Was that one of the frequently asked questions? Like, well, I've totally had crushes. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. definitely that's definitely one of the frequently asked questions. And I got through the entire frequently asked questions page, and uh. every single answer to every question fit me perfectly. And I was like, "Are you kidding? Right. Like, oh dear, this might like they might have been right. I'm I really might be asexual." Right. And then this was back in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I looked, and I was like trying to find <coughs> other asexual people, and I was like, "Oh shit." 2001, like, that's like grade school though, right? I, I was junior in high school. So 2001, mm. I was 17? 2001? Six, 16 or 17? Oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, because I was going to say, because we're like, sorry. we're about the same age. And <laughs> two th- Avon started in 2001. I joined in 2006. Okay, yeah, that sounds, yeah. sounds way more. Huh. Um, yeah, and so. I was up at the, like, you're really smart. You sure you're not a psychosexual? Because, <laughs> you know. I <laughs> <laughs> um, But then. I, Everyone's like, I'm as sexual as a junior in high school. It's like, well, that's because you're nine. That's because you're nine. So, yes, um, that would make sense. So is most people. Um, Do continue. But that was what made me figure out that that was what was going on. Mm. And then I looked around and I was like, holy shit, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. Like there are, I think at that point in time, there was like one other person in the state of Connecticut. On Avon. It wasn't on Avon. It was on like some dating website. Avon doesn't have your. Were you on a dating location. website, junior in high school? Well, Avon doesn't give your geographical location. And what I was actually doing was I was looking at colleges, and I wanted to pick a college that had the most people. Okay. And so I was like geo-targeting people, and the only way I could do that was like with a dating site. Okay. Um, and like, what dating site had that as an option in two thousand six? Uh, Asexualytic. I think. Or oh, so it, was like, it was like an asexual. Oh, you no, know, it was an asexual dating. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. It was not like okay, Cupid. Okay, sure, Cupid sure. did not have asexual in two thousand six. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, and I was like, I it was I was just like overcome with dread. I was like, this is terrible. Right. Like, I'm never going to be able to be with anybody, and there are no other asexual people. And you weren't. You're not a romantic, so you're like, not, I, you, like you do so want romantic. someone. Yeah. To to share your life with or yeah. in the field of the fifis as as I say with <laughs> yes lots of fifis yeah. I'm a big lots fan of, of the fifis, fifis you know it's uh, <laughs> oh huge fan I mean like I know it says man whore but it's because you know I want I just want someone to love me back yeah. damn it yeah you want yeah. snuggles yeah and fucking a lot of women won't snuggle oh my goodness it's it's rough yeah it's totally rough okay so Uh-oh. you you were like geo targeting colleges I was like geo targeting colleges and finding out that there were just not. <laughs> very many asexual people and uh-huh. i i like at that point i was like it's been around for five years so clearly the community has been established already like they've done all the work i don't know i mean i was right. in high school so i thought that like they had arrived sure and this was the turnout and the turnout was hard um but that's not that's not really true and in fact the community is still growing mm. and it's growing in a way that like if there doesn't if there's not a meetup group or if there's not an event thing happening in your city, if you start one, like you are actually making a really big difference in right. the asexual community still because it's like just, just coming out. So did you hop on to do these meetups in, in uh, these ACE meetups in New York or did you like start them? Um, there were very sporadic, occasional one-off events in New York before mm. I started 
um, doing ACEs NYC. Uh And so in 2012, somebody had, somebody tried to get a meetup going. I tried to do one where I just promoted it on Avon and like five people showed up and nobody showed up at the same time. And so it was like five hours and you only met one other person. And then I put it up, I put it on meetup.com. This is probably a big plug for meetup, but like I put it on meetup.com and 10 people showed up to the first one. That's great. And we've had like 10 to 15. Now we have 30 people show up sometimes. That's great. Ever since. So So what's a what's an ace meetup look like? What do you guys do? I know which sounds like a dumb question. It's like, mm, well, we're fine. people, we do things. <laughs> no, it's funny because the first But you guys get to have a meetup without yeah. the sexual undertones to it. It's so funny. I got I gotta say, I envy. It, I, <laughs> I like did not so when I run a group, I'm making sure that everybody else is happy. I'm right. not really as much being a part of the group. Um, but basically what we do is we just we started out with just hanging out or we would do like an activity. Like we'd go to the high line or we went to Chelsea market or the botanical gardens and things like that. And for the first six months, we pretty much just like did, I don't know, first date activities, maybe Um, like free things in the city. And then I think it maybe was the second meetup where we were sitting around in this like midtown place where you could buy your own food and then go upstairs or something like that. And, that was the first time I realized that like, no, actually everybody else here is also asexual because there was no sexual undertones at a table of 17 people, which was the first time I'd ever experienced that. Because usually like people sit down and they're like trying to figure out who they think is like, cute. Like who could I possibly, who could I possibly fuck or, or even just or like ever. who would I want yeah. to hang out with and, and none of that yeah. was happening because you had to find out who the person was. You had to find out their personality. <laughs> To know if you wanted to hang out with them first. And right. we were all strangers, um, which was fascinating to me. But yeah, so for the first six months, we really just did like activities like going to the park, yeah. basically. Um, and then I was sort of, I we, we didn't talk about being asexual. Ah. It just didn't come up because sure. that was sort of a given. Um, and so I said, hey, does anybody want to hang out and actually like talk about this? So then we added a second meetup where the first hour was sit-down discussion where well, people could... Maybe we'd pick a topic. Um, and, a sharing sesh. Yes, sharing yeah. sesh. If you had any issues, if you wanted to like bring something up or talk about it. And a bunch of people came to that. And so now what we do is we have... Once a month, we do like a fun activity. And once a month, um, we have a discussion. And so it started out because um, there's a group of people who are older than the general like college-aged right. people who show up very regularly one of their own like kids i've been asexual for decades you guys don't know (laughs) yeah so we did (laughs) dinner with older aces um and so now older aces sounds so cool i have to say that yeah that sounds like a really cool like motorcycle my motorcycle gang oh yeah sure that's what we are we are a motorcycle gang older aces i want to hang out with those definitely um yeah so like this month we're doing uh dinner with um, queer aces which okay. is like totally open to everybody's own interpretation the only thing that means is we're going to be talking about queer things sure sure um because some people identify as queer just for being asexual which is cool when you're when you're book. queer and asexual the queer pretty much is just pertaining to gender at that point no, right? no, no i mean like some people will identify as queer because they are asexual okay yeah, yeah, yeah. um and i support that because if that's not the case then that means the default is 
like you're straight. That means that the, the default in life is that people are straight. Like, and if you're not queer, then you are by default straight. And like as an asexual person, yeah. I don't fit in with the straight kids. Sure. Like all my friends in high school ended up being queer and that wasn't by accident. Sure. Um, but then also there's a huge overlap that like 30% or something of people are gender nonconforming in the asexual community. Yeah. Um, that, that was the thing that um, yeah. shocked me when you shared that statistic in the email. Totally. I was like, I had no idea there's such crossover. Most people don't know that there's such a huge crossover. Mm. And a lot why, of... Why do you think that is? I think that, I think that people who sort of like don't fit in um, in a lot of ways and in a lot of society's expectations will then also think about how they don't fit in in other ways. Like if, if I don't fit this way, then I'm not going to assume that I also fit in another way. So maybe there's some of it is that people are thinking about it more, but also, I mean, a lot of sexuality has to do with gender. Mm, there's already there's like already a really big overlap there and if you are somebody who's saying like no i i don't really fit into sexuality i am asexual then it's not really as surprising to me for somebody to say you know what i don't fit with gender either and mm. they're sort of i'm i don't know i there might be there is probably some other underlying factor that yeah. we just don't there's no research on it Growing up, did you like, uh, did you, did being asexual, like in, in high school, in college, did that ever make you, did you feel like an, like, did it really interact, did it interrupt your social life much or did, did it end up being kind of a non factor? It, because you said in high school be, you were hanging out with the queer kids anyway, right? I was hanging out, it's funny because I was hanging out with the queer kids and I was hanging out with like a, one of my closest group, my only like group of friends is like eight dudes from high school. Right. And I think, that the fact that I was asexual allowed me to stay friends with all of them and just be friends with right. all of them. Um, it was sort of like my superpower. Or <laughs> like super, that. I can infiltrate the men. Exactly. I can infiltrate the men. I'm like, it, for some reason, I keep being <laughs> able to like just be in the friend zone and that's okay and it's not weird. It's exactly what you'd like. Exactly, yeah. which was great for me. Um, it's like me at gay bars. That's no, I and I've said this many times. If I like, I love going out with friends to a gay bar because, especially, um, like I like the bar Cubby Hole. Um, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I love Cubby, it's great. Um, because I can go there and not there's no for me, there's really aren't sexual undertones other than like everyone here is really cute, but none of them are gonna sleep with me, which is right. great. I'm not trying. Yeah. Like, if I go out with my friends to a gay bar, I can just hang out with my friends, uh -huh. which is great because otherwise. You know, as a as a you know a sexual person, when I'm out with friends, and my friends are mostly chicks, when I'm out with friends, you know, there's such a pressure to go hook up. Uh -huh. Like, oh, that girl's really cute. You should talk to her. Oh, she's totally looking at you. Mm. Um, and I'm like, I'm fucking here to hang out with you, assholes. <laughs> like, that's why I'm, if I wanted to go get laid, I'd go get laid. I, I'm here to hang out with my friends. Yeah. So if I go to a gay bar, that none of those expectations are there, mm -hmm. and I can actually hang out with my friends and yeah. maybe get a free drink, depending how I look. Um, <laughs> It's and and I like I said. So when you say you hey, do these meetups and there's no sexual undertones, I envy that because I gotta say, is is quite tiring. Yeah, wanting to fuck people. No, I it's, mean, yeah, no, I I feel you on that. The the no sexual undertone, like it, a lot of people don't necessarily know that I mean, like, well, now I'm pretty out everywhere, all uh -huh. over the place, but um. Yeah, people who knew that I was asexual would sort of like not do those things. Did you like, have to oh, come out? Cute. 
Oh, I have to come out all the time. Well, yeah, no, other than the general, like, if someone asks, like, oh, so, like, what's your thing? And then you say that. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, was there a big, like, a family, friends type of event? So, I came out, the biggest one was coming out to myself. Of course. Because I didn't want to be asexual because I thought that it was going to be, like, lonely and terrible. Right. Um, Which I can happily say is currently not the case, which is great. Um, I came out, I had to come out to my mom, which, it was funny because I was in high school and she had we had never had the sex talk uh-huh. and so then she, her first response to me our first ses- sex talk was her saying you know it's not always terrible and i'm like mom you're still my mom like, i want to know about this stuff <laughs> 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 but yeah i i mean i had to come out to some of my friends some of my friends were like i could see i mean one of them suggested it some of them understood that that was a thing other ones were like no some laughed you know so it was like I sort of, I came out to different people in different ways and... What was the reaction generally like, like from family? From, so I have, I came out to my sister. My sister's still sort of like holding out hope. Or maybe she's not now that I'm dating somebody and she can see that that's like something that's really great for me. Um, But before she was sort of like worried that I wouldn't find anybody. Sure. And so she always had this undertone of like, well, maybe it'll get better later. And I'm like, yeah. no, that's not how this works. Kind of like a condescending, like, oh, well, you haven't met the right guy or girl yet. She was like trying not to be condescending. She was trying, but um, I don't know. And then, so my mom sort of just like, I don't know what she thinks, but she sort of just left it at that. And then like, I never told my dad until maybe two years ago. But at this point, I had written my thesis in grad school on it. And so I was coming out like once a week and in like somewhat, you know, academic or professional settings. Uh And then I was running, I had been running this group for at least a year and a half. And so I was at dinner and I was going to say something about the group. And I looked at him and I was just like, wait, do you know that I'm asexual? And he was like, yeah. And then we kept going. And I was like, okay, cool. So, um, and so now it's sort of fun. Like now I like recently this winter had our neighbors over for dinner and so it was me my dad and our two neighbors and we like ended up doing like a queer 2.0 lesson ah. um, and i was like okay first of all i'm asexual that's a thing this is what this means but also there's all these other things with gender and like not only trans things but like here are non-binary things and like these right. these these are people who like identify this way and this is why it makes sense to use those words and the and neighbors then- left with a packet and they're like and there's gonna be homework due next week well, the funny thing was that at the end of Queer 2.0, I found out that they met because their brothers have been dating and married, essentially married yeah. for 40 years. And I was like, wait, oh my goodness. So uh, did what? a part of you go like, oh my God, did I just like talk like, did I, I, mean, did I just tell them some things yeah. they probably already knew? So part of me like had that <laughs> reaction, but at the same time, like when we were having the discussion, I knew it was very apparent that they didn't necessarily know what asexual was. They okay. didn't know what non-binary was. They might know what trans was, but sure. they didn't know what non-binary was. Because um, there's kind of that thing, like I feel like, especially I think it's our generation um, who, are, who are liberal and progressive and we want to like make the world understand. Uh-huh. Sometimes we accidentally go on tirades to people who like kind of, dude, dude, we get it. I, get, I know. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I was definitely like, oh shit, I just got schooled and you're at, like, the out of the, at the end of that. Um, and you're like, well, well, good. I'm gl- I'm glad you do again now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I mean I've had I mostly get people don't know what that is uh-huh. or or there's like two options is one they're like wait huh like what is that I don't understand uh-huh. can you explain that to me 
And then the other option is like, oh, okay. And they're like really polite about it. Uh-huh. And then if they're my friends later when it's like two in the morning and they're drunk, they'll be like, okay, wait, hold on. Uh-huh. Like, I get it. Like, Yo, you told but like, me. But like, how do you like, like not? I like, don't get it. Tell me. Like, what? Um, and so <laughs> then it's like, like, oh, poor baby's drunk. Let's uh, put yeah, you to poor bed. Poor baby is drunk. Like, well, we can have this conversation again and in more detail where you feel less inhibited to ask me sure. like more personal questions. So it's fine. So, um, so something you put, uh, in, so you've got a partner now, right? Yeah. Good partner, girlfriend. I, I'm assuming um, through a lot of context clues, I've assumed that your, your partner is not conforming to a particular gender. Yeah. So that's why I've uses picked up they, on. them pronouns yeah. is a gender. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, yeah, both people that are special. Your third. My, my, like maybe, my maybe something. <laughs> your maybe um, something. <laughs> my, yeah. Uh, are both. Well, one is agender. The other one is gender queer, I think. Um, queer. But both use sure. they, them pronouns. Right. So. Um, so now here's something. So when you meet someone, obviously, like when you're going to partner up with someone, we're going to have a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's going to be based on things like emotions and personality. Yeah. Like s- same things I want to base my a relationship with mine on. But, you know, I usually begin ask, like trying to get to know someone. Usually the first thing I, I'm there's a, a physical attraction for me mm-hmm. to them that makes me want to then find out the other stuff. So how do you then figure out or how did you figure out like, I want to get to know that person because you're not going like that person's really cute. That person's really hot. I want to get to know them better. Mm-hmm. It's so, so what's the, what's your first stage before you try to get to know them? Sure. So I, I have to at least get to know them well enough to know that I want to be friends with them. If I don't have enough information, personality-wise, or, like... But how do you even get to that point? Like, because, I mean, you're talking to Mr. Like, I'm pretty antisocial. I don't want to get to know a lot of new people. So (laughs) how do you even get to know these people that makes you want to... Like, what's the impetus? Because, again, for me, the first thing is, like, looks. Like, can I stand to look at this person Mm -hmm. for an hour? Yeah. And then I'll be like, let's move forward. So, okay. So the way that we got to know each other was they were going to be the the point person for this group at NYU. Okay. And I realized like I was I was there to sort of help make sure that it happened. Um because there was this was a student who had never run a group before. Um there were no professional staff in the office or even like grad students in the office who identified as asexual or uh-huh. aromantic. Um and so I was like, okay. There were three kids who were going to do this group. One went away studying abroad. One's way too busy, and you are our only hope. <laughs> so we like need That's, to be friends. So your partner was the Obi Wan. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And so I was like, we need to be friends. Um, and like, why don't we? <laughs> why don't we get together to see like what we're gonna do to you know have the group happen? And so we hung out, and instead of planning the group, we just hung out for like five hours instead. Okay, and. I was in a cooking class at the time, and so I would I would just have so much food, and I wouldn't be able to do anything with it because I, at the time, had moved to New Hampshire, and so I was like, sure. I would come I would come for the weekend for my cooking class, and then I would leave, and I was like, I don't have anywhere to put this food. Like, can you help me eat it? Like, I don't know what to do. Also, we have to keep doing this anyway. So, <laughs> they told me that they were that I was like Pavlov's dogging them, so I was like training them with food to like me. All right. Um. Which was my first hint that like maybe they thought I was extra cool or something yeah. like that. Um, but we sort of got really heavy into the feels really fast. Mm. And so that 
we did we did the opposite of what like a traditional sexual script would be so like a sexual script might say you know we go on a date we hold hands we kiss we you know do xyz and those things that we do are the ways that we know that it's becoming more serious yeah but what we did was we like asked each other thousands of questions told essentially within the first two weeks so you guys play a serious like question game like a yeah. heavy well it didn't start I love out question heavy. Game. it didn't start out heavy right. it started out like heavy as in meaning like volume i mean like because for me oh if, v- yeah large volume question game i remember over texts over like you know yeah a few weeks like um, if i'm really into somebody early on it'll be just a fucking back and forth of questions mm-hmm. for the first like two weeks and then like yeah. we get together again it's like we have nothing to talk about we just <laughs> we just ask each other ev- everything every single question you can we think could of. want yeah <laughs> And one of the the biggest things for me was we shared sort of like life stories. Yeah. Um, and the way that we got into that was I I actually have a YouTube channel where I interview asexual people. Really? Yeah, to tell their stories. And what is the what is that? That is called Aces Wild. Aces. You. Hey. Hey. Um, branding. There That's is good. also an Aces Wild porn site, which is not. The same thing. Not the porn not the site. Porn site. Um, you hear that, everybody? Although it, it doesn't mean site. you shouldn't check out the Aces Wild porn site. We're it just saying that they're that. different things. They're just not, it's just not the one that I have anything to do with. Okay. Um, and I interviewed two people, and Levi came with me, and Le- Levi like was there and okay. was not necessarily going to be one of the people that I interviewed, but was helping me figure it out, right? Um, and get space and stuff like that, and then um. I was like, well, you know, would you, what, can I interview you? And the answer was like, maybe. Um, and actually, I had, I like actually had two meetings in the same building at the same time and I had to go back and forth. And I, two times in a row, I would come back into the room and Levi and Jace, this other person that I was interviewing, like stopped, turned beet red and looked at me and were like, and, and stopped talking. I was like, uh, hi, like, okay. And um, like, am I interrupting stuff? And right. they were like, oh, we're just we're just talking about trans stuff. And I was like, okay, okay, fine. <laughs> like, sure, like, whatever. And then like, okay, I was like, I'm not going to interrupt that question. And then, but then it happened again, and I was like, mm. and I found out later that they were talking about the chemistry that Levi and I had. Okay. And Levi was like trying to figure out, and they were trying to figure out like if I felt anything. Yeah. For them. Did so, you, like, I totally you... walked in on them talking about me. Like, oh, that's actually okay. what was going on. Um, but that sort of, like, the interview process was sort of one of the things that, like, very much fast-tracked opening up and, like, sharing more feelings sure. very quickly. Um, but, yeah, so our, like, the way that we established our relationship was based on feelings and being vulnerable with each other mm. um, and not, like, physical things right like levi didn't like i i like after that i like wanted a hug because it had been a really long week and like i one of the ways that i try to make people feel comfortable in my ace meetups is by me being very open Uh which also means that like i am becoming vulnerable and like putting myself out there and so after three meetups in three days i was like i am so tired (laughs) (laughs) um and i wanted a hug and levi like literally ran in the other direction i was like well never mind uh, um because apparently what that meant was like they were starting to have feelings for me uh-huh. and like if if we sort of like 
start if we started hugging then it was like all hell was gonna break loose and like they were gonna like me and they had no concept for me hugs were, hugs were a big deal for them hugs hugs were a big deal for them because then they would know that they really had a crush on me and they thought right. that there was no possible way that i that i would feel the same uh, so it was like that sort of like scary not scary hugs scary hugs scary yeah. hugs <laughs> um now we're like super super huggy. Super huggy. We're like so gr- we're so cute it's disgusting. Oh, uh, yeah. I'd be jealous. Um <laughs> I am forever alone. Uh well, I'm alone for like except for at night and then they wake up and leave. Oh. Um <laughs> they know my struggles. But so you guys are physically affectionate. Yeah. So I guess we we'll, we can end with this um, you know, with with sex. People obviously go, "Well, you're asexual. You, you guys don't fuck." But not true, right? Some people do. Some I, people can. We don't, but right? Yeah, because I'm assuming um, your your partner is also asexual, yes. right? But yeah. sometimes people who are asexual may date someone who's not asexual, right? right? And will kind of, I guess, what put up like, kind of be like, yeah, you can have sex with me, or like, we, I will go through the motions of it for you because yeah, I love you, right? Very, very personal, very individual. Depends e- on each person. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. individual cases. Yeah, some but people are like, it hey, exists. It's not like, yes. a, yeah. Some people say, hey, I'm asexual. I also am not into having sex, and I am. I'm happy to be in a relationship with you as long as you know that right. we're not going to have sex. That happens. Another thing that happens in a lot more frequency than in sort of typical society is I'm asexual. I'm not having sex with you. If you want to have sex with other people. So they kind of do like it. an open, like a sexually yeah. open relationship. Sexually open relationship, yeah. which may or may not be romantically open. Um, and then also, and then also there are some people who are said, you know, I'm not, I'm asexual, but I am not sex repulsed. So, like, I can have sex with you. That is, you know, and that's something we need to negotiate. Sure. But that can Kinda, be part of our relationship. You get the, these things this often. Yeah. You get, you get once a week. Um, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, had you ever been um, sexually involved? Yeah. I, that? like, I gave it a college try. You did give I, it? I, like, I really tried. It really was not working out. Right. Um, like... I, the thing that concerned me the most was that I would like start out being like, hey, I'm going to try to make this work and then end up saying no too often, whatever that means, to the point where I would make my partners feel like they were rejected. Right. And I was really concerned about that. And so... Did they know, would you tell them in the beginning, hey, I'm asexual, but I'm going to try? Or did you keep that to yourself to see if... As part of this, like, well, maybe I'm not. So yeah. I, my tactic was like to lay it on really thick. I am really asexual, know everything about this. And if you're still interested in me, then we'll hey, maybe um, because I would so much rather have somebody not try or like essentially reject me straight out yeah. instead of going down the path, having more feelings, like being more connected to somebody uh-huh. and then having the fact that like who I was be the reason why we couldn't be together. Sure. That sure. was like like way more of an issue for me. Okay. Um but yeah, after so I dated one person about two maybe 3 years ago. And so we dated, we like ended up in this sort of like gray maybe he's my boyfriend area, but I'm sure. not really sure. And I he he was like doing a thousand things. And I was like, <laughs> "Hey buddy, like we see each other once a month." That's like not really like dating. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I think that you have these really great opportunities and you should take them. Like you should do that. Yeah. Um, but I was also worried that like 
I would end up saying no too often and that would be a problem. And kind of like um, robbing him of his sexuality. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't want him to like be asexual because of dating you. Right. And so I told him, I told him ahead of time, I like laid it on thick that I was asexual ahead of time. And, and then, but we still started dating. And also I, from like before even we started dating, I said like that I'm open to being with people who sleep with other people. Sure. So he had free reign to do whatever he wanted. Um, I don't actually know if he like took me up on that offer, mm. but it, I don't need to know. Um, I told him if he gave me a disease, I would kill him. But ha. otherwise, like, you know, be safe, have fun. But you guys weren't sleeping with each other, right? But we were. Oh, you were. Okay. Yeah. So you were giving him like almost like a, you know. Yeah. What, but I was worried that I like wouldn't like long term wouldn't be able to keep up my end of the bargain. Sure. Sure. Okay. And so after that, I mean, that was that was like a little devastating that I realized about myself that like I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do it. Uh-huh. Um, and so after that, I was like, you know what? I think my policy is going to be if I'm going to date a sexual person, they are still more than welcome to sleep with other people. But I like I have to say no from the beginning instead of saying yes and then gradually saying no more. Yeah. Because that's to me, that was. more. And then if you ever decide you wanted to give them that. If I change my mind yeah. later, then like, hey, that's fine. Really good three year anniversary. Gift, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, Bauer, thank you so much for coming on. I, I think this is very educational for me and others. Uh, I mean, the the point you make about does it matter? Like for me personally, it doesn't. Like on a micro level, like does it matter if someone wants to use a label for themselves? No, of course. But you do make a good point of just like the label. It's just you know a tool. It's a way to kind of find it out. I mean, I understand wanting community. I've wanted that for a long time. Yeah, didn't have it. Uh, there was no way for me to find, you know, there was not like, uh, like, Hey, once a month we all go get pizza and talk about how we got bullied. Um, I mean, you know, I would join that group. So yeah, no. Um, but no, I think, yeah, definitely opened my eyes on a few things. So I I want to thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, if people, so you, you already mentioned you have the, uh, interview series on YouTube. I do. YouTube.com slash aces wild. Yes. And uh, and then you run these uh, ace meetup groups. So where can yeah. people go to find your group and everything? Sure. So um, aces NYC, you can find us acesnyc.org. Um, the meetup, like meetup.com, if you look up asexuality, you'll find us. Right. Yeah. That's easy. We're on Facebook at asexuality NYC. Um, aces Wild has a Facebook page. We're oh, so on Twitter we're wild asexuals. And <laughs> and that's our Gmail also is wildasexuals at gmail.com. Ace is wild. So if you have like further qu- for, for, if you for, have further questions, if you want to talk to me, if you said if you think I said something problematic, let me know. Or maybe if you think uh hey, I might be I might be asexual. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm curious. Totally. Um and then I'm and a curious. You're a curious. Totally. yeah, definitely. And also like the asexual community is pretty small. So if if you're from not New York City but you want to find a group in your area, I can put you in touch with somebody somewhere else totally uh is, is there anything else you want to, to is there anything about asexuality you think we miss that you really would like people to know sure i i guess the only thing is like i am aware that i did not really talk about aromanticism during this sure. at all um and i'm sorry for that i also don't identify as aromantic so i am not an expert but yeah. that is another topic that is valid and wonderful that should have its own line light and and hopefully maybe I'll, I shall find someone who uh-huh. uh, who can yeah do that I mean one the, day. Yeah. people who are aromantic and sexual is like way more common really I mean like think about it it's oh, like people well, who are not I think romantically we, interested in other people 
casual sex might super, have a super, pretty good inlet sluts. to something. Yeah. yeah, so you can be asexual and aromantic, sure. but you can also be sexual and aromantic. Of course, yeah. Hookup so. culture is good for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, you, you, so you didn't want people to think that like uh, you forgot. I didn't forget. I yeah. didn't forget. I'm sorry that I didn't talk about it, but... It's, not your it's fault. It's not Mo- my personal mostly identity. My, mostly my fault. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate Absolutely. it. So, uh, great so to be here. Feel free to say goodbye to folks. Bye. That was great. That was, that was awesome. Uh, I'm so glad that Bauer came through to do the show and teach me a thing or two about asexuality and that community. Now, look, um, I don't doubt the existence of demisexuals. I just don't call them that. Does that make sense? Like, just, just like I don't call other varying degrees of sexual people, I'm like, okay, those are the hypersexuals, and those are the nearly hypersexuals, and those are the, uh, the, the apple sexuals. Why do you call them apples? I don't know. I just decided to make that the label. The zucchini said it would be a good idea. <gasps> okay, I'm totally down with asexual as a modifier. All right, I'm, I'm on team logic. It makes sense to me. Some feel sexual attraction, some don't. So the ones who do, do. And we don't need to classify each varying degree of sexual attraction that we feel. That's when we start relying too much on words to feel safe and empowered. But if you need a word to feel strong or feel safe, you are weak. But here's why I'm not a complete asshole. I'm willing to bet on the best of those people who rely on those words. I bet that they are strong. And if they stopped feeling like they needed, not that they don't need community, but need the sense of community, I bet you they they could be so strong enough to stand up for themselves if someone wanted to scoff at their lifestyle. Because I don't like bullies. All right, I've been bullied plenty. I want you to stand up to your bullies. Don't hide behind a Tumblr hashtag. That doesn't do anything. So here's where I got to when I was thinking about, okay, these, these label things, is there a different angle? And, you know, I liken demisexuality to that of a fetish. It's a sexual preference. You prefer to fuck people you really, really like. Or if it's an intense fetish for some, you know, there's some people, uh, you need and can only fuck people you really, really like. Sapiosexuals, they fuck people who are smart. It's a preference. A fetish is about preference, right? It's about this thing where you're like, I don't know why that's where my attra- how my attraction works, but that's how it works. That's the logical route I took in my head that makes me that, that made me come to terms with such a label. But then again, I bet calling demisexuality a fetish is going to make all the ace people really mad. You know, but whatever, I guess. Yell at me on Twitter. Now, now here's where Bauer got me. I mentioned that she changed my mind a bit. Here's where Bauer got me. She got me, by the way, with an argument that wasn't fueled by an appeal to the pathos. All right? This came up over the summer. Uh, this idea came up over the summer as well when I got into some disagreements with certain sex pause folks on Twitter about a totally different topic. When I so staunchly rant about these things... I'm sometimes disrupting the conversation of acceptance. I'm getting in the way of people accepting any alternative sexuality by like nitpicking on Twitter or something or in a conversation. 
So do I think the zucchini label is fucking silly? Yeah. Do they exist? I mean, yeah, even if I don't call them that, I call it a best friend. Um, but ultimately, should I care? No, I shouldn't. So you know what? Go slather yourselves in peanut butter or mayonnaise or like whatever you dip zucchinis in and savor it. Because I'm going to try to back off a bit. Because you know what? Listen, ultimately, my opinion doesn't really matter that much because I'm not a policymaker. I'm not running for office. I'm just a comedian with a podcast who's going to be wrong in front of my pansy overclassified grandchildren. I'm going to, I'll be at Thanksgiving like, oh, well, you know, demisexuals are the one hell of a fetish. And they're going to be like, oh, grandpa. So I'm going to get a, a bit less mad about this uh, topic because it doesn't really matter that much. Because, you know what, we're already raising pussified weak generations of children anyways, and, you know, until I'm put in charge of children, I can't do anything tangible about it. So I might as well save my energy. Now, if uh, if you want to yell at me on Twitter, I am at TheBillyPercita. If you'd rather uh, write a similarly long manifesto, you can email me at manorpod at gmail.com. I will read it. Uh, we'll probably respond. And if I am, uh, if I mean what I say, it will be a rather short, vaguely accepting response. <laughs> uh, and for those of you still listening who love me despite my demiphobic ways, you know, go get yourself a Man Whore Podcast T-shirt from Teespring. You have less than two weeks left to get yours before the prices go up. Go to manwhorepod.com and click the merch banner. And uh, I'll see you all next week for another lovely episode of the Man Whore Podcast. Uh, go on out and fuck somebody or just hold hands or just build a friendship based on a mutual love of anime. You know, whatever floats your boat. Stay slutty. Or, you know, stay not slutty if, you know, you don't feel much, if any, sexual attraction. <laughs>